On today's episode of Don't Start a Podcast, we listen to Mansplain, a film review podcast that epitomizes toxic masculinity and major imposter syndrome. While Maxwell and Jonathan's phony accents led many listeners to believe that the podcast was a prank, their sincerity and base-level analysis unmasked their true obliviousness. Ironically, the movie they selected for review in this episode was the spark for their own implosion. And now, Mansplain, The Social Network. In a world where movies are too complicated, where audiences leave the theatre after 10 minutes because the feature is too darn confusing, I, Maxwell Furlow, a man, embark on an epic journey to explain the challenging concepts of the major motion pictures for a more enjoyable viewing experiences with my best friend and co-host. Here's Johnny! There he is! That was a little reference to The Shining. I don't know if you've heard of it. Of course I've heard of it. Exquisite reference. How are you doing today, Johnny? Oh, you know, could could be better. The wife and kids, you know. No, I do, I do. <laughs> and yourself, Mad Maxie. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Little nod to Mad Max. Actually, Mad Max, Fury Road. Well, I'm doing just splendid, you know. I feel I picked a real treat for us today. Well, we picked it together. Okay. So, do you want to tell the audience what we are reviewing today? Jonathan. Maxwell. It's the social network. I love social networks. I didn't know you were on one. Well, I wanted to make sure I was the most prepared for this episode, so I did join the Facebook. Well, I'll be awaiting my friend request. We're already friends in real life. (laughs) Okay. And how'd you fare on the Facebook? Oh, you know, I just met some wonderful people. Just the other week, I joined this group of men who are so tickled to share their personal achievements, they're called the Proud Boys. I posted a video of my son riding his bike without training wheels, and they posted a video of them touring the capital. But I will say, some of the things they say are a little spicy, even for my taste. Uh, to each their own. Yes, of course. And since joining the Facebook, I've won five pairs of Ray-Ban sunglasses. Oh, they must be thinking of sponsoring us. <laughs> I'm just waiting for their message. Oh, which reminds me, get this. The Crown Prince of Bosnia and Herzegovina messaged me directly. What did he say? Oh, some stuff about a civil war, his father being beheaded, needing some money to regain the throne. I don't know much about European politics since it's not a good old-fashioned American democracy, but I thought I'd help him, you know? I'm not just a proud boy, I'm a humble one, too. (laughs) You hear that, girlies? Chivalry isn't dead. (laughs) Well, I'm a married man. For now. You know what would be brilliant? If you were really thinking, you should have just asked if Bosnia Herzegovina would sponsor the podcast. (laughs) Well, Max, I can't be looking needy. And humility is a gift we both possess. (laughs) Yes, well, I'm done chit-chatting. Why don't we give the people what they thirst for and explain the film to them? Okay. I want to preface the review by saying I had high hopes going into this movie. I mean, it's written by Aaron Sorkin. I know who he is. He gives himself quite the challenge here. See, this is a non-linear story. I knew that, too. I'm saying it for the audience. See, because the film cuts between the past and the present, you might be expecting a time machine to pop up. 
but then you'd be an absolute <laughs> buffoon. The time switch is just a rhetorical device right as you. Correct! What they needed was at the start of the film in big letters, there is no time travel. <laughs> and yet some daft people would still think it's a bait and switch. Well, they'd be let down when there's no Martin McFly or Flux capacitor. Exactly. And once you lower your expectations, then you can begin to enjoy the duality of two stories happening at different times. The making of Facebook and the deposition. Have you ever been deposed before? Yeah, I've been to Home Depot once or twice. You imbecile, I meant... I was just performing a classic Maxwell joke. <laughs> yes, a good joke. I'm a man of principle, so I've never participated in a deposition. But after watching this picture, I could do it every day of the week. It doesn't seem that difficult. Unlike writing two simultaneous narratives coinciding over one plot to formulate a movie. Quite the challenge. And from the start, it doesn't meet that challenge. I mean, this first scene. Wolf. I don't remember there being a dog in the scene. I mean, it was, it was poorly written. It's far too vague for no reason. Audiences must have been miffed by the first few minutes. It's like, for starters... Who are these people? Who, who's this Mark guy? Mark, Mark who? Mark Twain. Mark Anthony. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I wish it was Mark Ruffalo. But actually, that Mark is Mark Zuckerberg. The one who invents the Facebook. Which is ridiculous that they wait 45 minutes to tell us that. And yet, it's still a spoiler. Where's the suspense in this movie now? Well, I wish I had known that the first time I watched this. It totally changes the movie once you know that he is... Mark Zuckerberg. The first rule of writing is to assume that the audience is idiots. Explain every detail. And yet no writer seems to follow it. All these avant-garde writers who think they're above the rules. I can't believe I was the first person to make this type of podcast. Well, well we were. Okay. I honestly think people enjoy misunderstanding art. It's almost like people would rather have their own opinion rather than the right one. If we barely understood this first scene, then I pity the poor people at home. Well, I understood the first scene. I did too. Uh, but I can't believe people weren't demanding refunds. Well, it is a movie about the Facebook. But how are people supposed to know that? Well, the movie does have a, a really clever way of showing it. Sure, whatever happened to tell, don't show. I mean, if you look closely at the logo for this movie, it's the same as the Facebook. It, it's a subtle detail, but it really adds some mmm to the film, you know? Art designers, I wish I was that creative. I am. Well, I made our logo. You know, I tried to in invite the art designers on the podcast, maybe even update our graphics. Never heard back. I, I tried to invite Mark. Mark who? <laughs> but returning to the real issue here, if we don't know who the people are, the emotional impact of Erica dumping Mark has no impact. Well, he did get dumped in a bar for absolutely no reason, so I feel like there's an emotional impact. <sighs> What's an awful thing? Erica Albright is a little bit of a bitch. And yet, the best thing that ever happened to Mark was getting dumped. You dump a boy genius, they might just go and invent the Facebook. Or a hit movie review podcast. It's only a matter of time before we get taken to the bathrooms to get to second base like Mark did. <laughs> I don't remember any baseball. I remember him kissing in the bathroom. No, that's what getting to second base means. It's like hooking up. Hooking up what? They're both synonyms with kissing. I, I knew that. 
that. Okay. Well, it's a subtle detail in the film, but the women find Facebook so attractive that they want to make out with Mark because it's inappropriate to make out with the computer screen. I wish someone had told me that last year. It's a societal norm. I'm honestly surprised they wanted to make out with him. Mark is a four at best. Eduardo, on the other hand. <laughs> Eleven. Twelve. Given the decision between my wife and Eduardo Severin. Eduardo Severin. <laughs> Just don't blog about it. Unless you have a clever blog name. I did like that detail. You noticed it too? I ain't no schmuck. But don't feel bad about yourself if you missed it. Quickly on screen, we see Mark's blog is called Zuck on It. Right, because it's a play on the classic phrase, suck on it, which is what gentlemen say when they want fellatio. Or when you want to make someone feel like a babbling baboonish fool. <laughs> he certainly <laughs> does make Erica suck on it. I'm not an expert on brassiers, but if he says she's a 32B, then so she is. And don't forget making all of Harvard suck on it with face mash. I know we aren't supposed to like Harvard, but you mm -hmm. have to give them credit for such an ingenious name. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Harvard Facebook? Absolutely ingenious name. An internet book of faces of Harvard students. Harvard Facebook. Brilliant. And then to call a website Face Mash because you mash faces against each other. I mean, who's the real genius here? Aaron Sorkin or Mark Zuckerberg? All of the best writing is stuff that Mark does. Right! Think about that scene with the Winklevosses reading about Face Smash. The Winklevosses keep talking about a him, but never use a name. How are we supposed to know it's Mark? This isn't a mystery. What are we trying to hide here? They could be talking about literally any student at Harvard. But of course, it's Mark. Such a silly mystery. And if the audiences weren't confused enough, in the next scene, someone passes Mark a note that says, you dick. And, and who's dick? They haven't mentioned a dick. Mark's name is obviously not dick. Right. But fortunately for my time at studying at uni, I know that calling someone a dick is how the cool kids say that someone's an arsehole. I knew that too. They should have picked a better insult. It's too confusing. Sloppy writing indeed. Why are we even spending so much time on the face smash when the movie is about Mark stealing the idea of the Facebook from the Winklevosses? Allegedly. Allegedly, it is clear as ever that he stole uh, Well, this. I think stealing is a little harsh. The Winklevosses couldn't do what he did. Just because someone has an idea doesn't mean it's theirs. You have to act on it. Well, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, just like the audience. Oh, come on. You'd truly prefer without the whole face mash stuff. I get that you have to tell a full story, but this is just clearly stretching the runtime. A waste of 22 minutes. Well, it can't be a feature film if it's barely an hour. They spend too much time on the boring stuff and not the fun things, like cats that look like Hitler. Well, I would be a little upset about seeing a cat that looks like Hitler. <laughs> But he's not upset by the lack of cats. He's upset it's the Facebook, which mm -hmm. I don't understand. I love being on the Facebook. You're really harping on this one. I know, but after being tempted, I just wish they had shown a cat that looks like Hitler. You know, just, just to know. You gotta do you, man. But after what I said about Mussolini in the Godfather Part 3 review last week, I'm trying to avoid the comments. Look, I thought what you said about Mussolini was tasteful and respectful. <laughs> right? What's so wrong with saying that he didn't deserve to be executed by a firing squad? Nothing! Anyways, not to dwell on the past. Well then, let's dwell on this movie because I do want to compliment the movie on one thing. They successfully implemented the subtle writing device of using the title of the movie in the dialogue. Classic device. I hate it when movies don't use the title and the script. I mean, why have one then, right? Exactly, that's why our podcast is called Mansplain. 
display. See how hard is that? But to be fair, they make it a little too easy in this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. all they do is talk about social networks. It's more fun to see a writer challenge himself. But I will give credit where credit is due. Sorkin has better strengths in his writing, like his ability to foreshadow. Of course! Do you remember the boat scene and how the Winklevosses don't win the race? Come on, that's a little obvious. Now hold on, just in case the listeners aren't with us. So the Winklevosses lose the race, which foreshadows that the Winklevosses won't ever win. A classic Chekhov's gun. <laughs> if only someone got shot. Right, because they lose the race and lose the race to Facebook. Which I find upsetting because I personally was rooting for them. How could you be rooting for those numbskulls? Someone else is taking credit for their idea. <laughs> I guess Sorkin could make them a little more unlikable, but come on, how can you hate two future Olympians? If you hate two US Olympians, you should just get on your moose and go to Canada. But they are Olympians and crew, a much inferior athletic activity. Uh, for the listeners, crew is that boat thing that they show in the film. Anyone can row a boat, especially a distinguished gentleman like myself. If you want assholes, make them Olympic skateboarders. <laughs> they definitely aren't Olympic Facebook inventors. Well, that, that seems a little unfair. But they are Olympians, so it doesn't make sense to me why Mark says the whole thing about calling them tall as if they aren't. They're Olympians. They are tall. That, that is fair. Just that is terrible fair. writing. I also feel like they lose the story in the middle here. Suddenly this isn't a movie about making the Facebook. It's about Rowan Crew and Mark reuniting with Erica. I hate love in movies. Love is powerful and beautiful, but it has no place in this story. Have you done anything crazy for love? Hmm. Once... I got an article in the newspaper to get the attention of my wife. Mm -hmm. It said, Brittany, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. <laughs> and did it work? I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> See, movies never work like that. It's why I find love so unrelatable in movies. Interesting. You want something relatable, Talk about that Sean Parker guy. He is a dead ringer for Justin Timberlake. They should make a movie for him. And get this Sean Parker guy to play him. Maybe we should write it. We could show Hollywood a thing or two. Exactly. I am just an idea machine. Well, that was my idea, actually. Well, well here's an idea. That's enough explaining. Why don't we just wrap this up with final thoughts on the movie? Uh, you, you don't want to talk about the final act? It's boringly predictable. Just like someone else I know. You should invite them on. They may have been on before. Okay. Well, my final thought is that it's just a fine movie that doesn't understand the characters it's writing. The Winklevosses aren't true antagonists. I find them too sympathetic. I know what it's like to have someone steal your idea and take credit. I couldn't agree more. Here are my final thoughts. I thought you said you couldn't agree more. Those must be your final thoughts too, right? Sure. Then check the bloody mailbag so we can get out of here, won't you? I was just thinking that I should. And? I picked out a few viewer questions for this week. Kathy from Akron writes, This is a joke, right? Of course Kathy would think that. <laughs> well, the movie wasn't great. But it wasn't that bad. Just rude of her to say such a thing. Maybe that's why you're single. Maybe you should see if there's something else in the bag of mine. Another question. What's it say? Dave from Toledo says, This podcast is so Funny! Whose idea was it? I don't understand. Why do people think this is comedy? We're reviewing serious movies. <laughs> I just wanted the world to hear my opinions. Well, I wanted the world to hear our opinions, which is why I started the podcast. Well, I had the idea. I was already thinking about it. Liar. Deadweight. What? Nothing.
just thinking about how much I love doing my podcast. Our podcast. I'm the host. We co-host. All right. Well, that, well, that does, does it. it here. And well, we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week. Maxwell and Jonathan would host a few more episodes of Mansplain, but the damage was done. Listeners declined as it became apparent the two weren't joking. In their final episode on Hamilton, their feud for ownership bubbled over and the podcast ended then and there. Fortunately, unlike the movie they reviewed, they didn't duel each other. Probably because they didn't watch the whole movie. Neither have returned to the spotlight since, although they have both tried. I'm Andrew Mister, and that's why you don't start a podcast.